Hi there, this is John Falolas speaking on today's episode of Startup World, Startup Nation World podcast. And um, the topic for today is migration challenges. Migration challenges. Yeah, we immigration challenges, rather. And I will start with the evident fact that there's been a huge exodus of the best minds or those who are opportune to have resources to create global opportunities for themselves and they're looking for better lives elsewhere, pitching their tents in Canada, the US. Um, Australia, in Europe, UK, even some people are looking at Asia, Singapore, Malaysia, and the likes. But that is not frightening enough. What's frightening is the fact that is the reality that if we keep migrating at this pace our home would lack quality minds to even provide solutions and everybody has legit reason to leave the shores of this country to be candid because globally it's like we don't realize that it's not a global mark uh, a global village and the job of of public office orders is simply to en- create a enabling environment for us to be able to adapt to that global village and make a living, also make an impact in the process of making a living. So you can be right here in Nigeria and have a remote job that is offering services in the U- US, Canada, US, Australia, Singapore, name it. As the power of technology this day. So, what challenges do we have? With this space of immigration, we would have the best minds leave the country and we would have to battle with a brain, a brain drain and the not so um, interested in empowerment of the mind would now face the government probably seek for office for a seat at the table and what will happen is the quality of lives would dwindle the quality of leadership would nose dive and I also believe that in the long term, it could lead to a blood, a bloody revolution because these guys would not reason or have a debate, or they don't believe in the ideology of having to discuss over a matter that over the past couple of years has been about the same way. So I hope, I really do hope that they don't push the populace or the citizens 
to a point where they would have to take law into their hands because the institutions that are meant to provide law and order was returning the youth populace and we saw the pushback. And as human beings, there are limits to how much of pressure people can take. Everybody has a breaking point. When they get to that breaking point, they will pour all their hunger on the public service or public office orders. And truth about this is, I'm not an advocate of violence and I'll never be an advocate of violence because I believe in dialogue first. I believe in creative protest that leads to a to an impactful uh, narrative. You know, so I believe, yes, I believe in having protests. I believe in that's one of the reasons why we're in a democracy, in a democracy regime, rather. So, I also believe that for us to have the challenges of immigration that we have today, for us to deal with those thoughts, we need to have the best of minds sit in the public office just as much as we need the best of mind in the private sector. Why this is important is that there's a gap between those sitting in the public office and those in the private sector. Those in the private sector are thinking about global markets, thinking of how to penetrate new markets, thinking of production, thinking of expansion, thinking of how to create new entrants. For their, for their products. But the challenge is the public office counterpart is not seeing what they are seeing. It's not thinking wealth creation. It's not thinking prosperity. It's not thinking even posterity in terms of building, providing long-term solutions that would benefit the people in terms of national, national prosperity. So, that's why people opt out and say they want to immigrate or migrate out of the country. To stop this frequency of nomadic migration, we need to build our home to be a place accommodating enough for those that have chosen to stay back and for those who believe in this nation. To be candid, it's easy to throw in the towel and say you're yeah, packing your bags, I'm going to the UK, or probably I'm going to Europe, or going to Canada, going to the US, Singapore, Malaysia. Name it. It's quite easy. And it seems like a better option. But the best option is for us to provide our citizens with the best infrastructure. Yes, we have a lot to do in terms of power infrastructure. And for us to be part of a global economy, we can't afford to be having blackouts like we have in this part of the world. 
Nigeria can become a 24-hour economy simply by having stable power supply. It's, not an, it's no longer an achievement for us to have a stable power supply. It's actually a better right of the people. Because if you want, if the government is relying on the tax money, taxpayers' money, if there's 24 hours electricity for people to use, I really do think that a prosperous nation would enjoy paying tax. A nation that sees the government governors or the government bodies serving their interest would happily would happily would happily pay their taxes. That's the truth. The question we should ask ourselves if you're opportunity to be in the space of public service or you are an elected official is what service are we giving to the people that will give them a sense of obligation to perform their civic responsibility and this is not saying that we that the citizens should take a posture of abdicating their responsibility and saying that they're not going to perform their civic responsibilities what i'm trying to just say is that the reason why people pay taxes in developed economies is because they see what their money is doing for them and where they are dissatisfied they complain or they protest but we live in a situation whereby we just believe that our government or our leadership are unquestionable and the era of where you would have a manifesto and they would do a different thing, I think is cutting up with aspirants or candidates in every election circle because it's going to be tougher in next elections. People are going to be asking more questions. People want to know what you are bringing to the table. That's by the way. I really do look forward to campaigns not just campaigns, um, the ideas candidates have in mind or what they have in mind to do for the people. Beyond just occupying the seats, what do you want to do? How do you intend to serve the people? And this is not about, it's not about money, it's about service. Yes, and I need to have this. Our political space is expensive, quite expensive. You know, it will take a while for us to have independent candidates or candidates who would run for the love of country and win. Why did I say that? Because it takes a lot of money. Even the leading parties today is selling tickets as high as the forms for as high as 30 million, 15 million for offices where you're going to serve your country. And it just tells us that these seats have become business opportunities, have become um, money-driven portfolios. Until we sanitize the public service space or public office space, 
I think we'll be having a recurrent cycle of corruption because someone who runs a campaign and spends one billion naira of his own money or of investors' money or probably uh, donors' money would be indebted to people and that's what happened. And those people will definitely determine the direction of your policy, determine the direction of which you will govern or lead. But let's think about it this way. If we, the Nigerian citizens, actually raise funds for any candidate that you believe in, anybody you believe in, then when you're protesting, the conversation is different because you put in your money to have that person elected then that person will think twice that people who voted me in with their hard-earned money are asking or demanding for what is their right. That even gives that person a sense, a sense of accountability. But we're not ready for that conversation yet. So let's go back to the topic for today, which is immigration challenges. So... I foresee a time where the reverse will be the case. Nigeria will be a developed or will be much better or moving towards developed economy or developed nations or a developed nation in terms of infrastructure, in terms of opportunities, in terms of level playing field, in terms of um, economic capacity and diversity. And then people who, has gone, who have gone out of this country will come back home and build this nation. But for now, I don't think any patriotic Nigerian has any right to hold anybody who decides to leave this country. Because really, really, if this country continues at this pace, I don't think we'll have a future as a country. Prices are skyrocketing. Life is becoming more difficult for people. There's scarcity everywhere. And irrespective of how wealthy you are or how much you have in your account, life seems to be more, more, getting more and more interesting as each day passes by. I don't know, maybe we, I like the ideology or the idea of hardships that we face as, as a nation. So to curb the immigration challenges, we need to develop our home, make our home the most desirable nation that anybody wants to inhabit. Make our home the most productive nation that anybody who wants to be productive wants to come and stay. I believe in the Federal Republic of Nigeria. I believe that a new Nigeria is possible. I believe that we can have the new leaders who would get things done. I believe that we have the people who have the political will to get things done. All we need is for the people to identify with them and get them elected so they can serve you. So, here's me wishing you a wonderful weekend. And most importantly, go get your PVCs and query anybody who's running at every 
at every level, be it state, federal, even the legislative arm, question their manifesto, their manifestos, question what they say they would do, ask questions. And um, a prosperous and united Nigeria is possible. But only if we are willing to build our home into a, into one that we all can be proud of. That we can hand over to our children and say that truly we, we fought and built our nation into what it is today. You know, in the words of Le Kuan Yew, he claims that the Singaporeans of today doesn't understand the hardship it took for them to build a nation into a prosperous nation out of nothing. Singapore doesn't have a natural resource other than the fact that they have a port that ushers in goods into Asia. But we have natural resources. We have the port. We are like the most important economy in Africa. And we are even operating under our capacity, under our potential. So I believe that it is high time we rethink our leadership models so that our people can come back home in the near future and build this nation. And we have the best minds, as skillful hands that we can find anywhere in the world. So thank you for listening to me. I remain your host.